Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushville. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of February 11, 2018. The Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, CCLVI, is once again sponsoring its Dr. Samuel Janinski Awards. This award presents a video magnifier to three lucky people each year. More information and the application are available on the CCLVI website. Deadline for applying for the Janinski Award is March 31. Also remember that the deadline for applying for the Fred Scheigert Scholarships presented each year by CCLVI is March 15. Find out more information about the scholarships on their website at www.cclvi.org. The breaking news this week is from the American Printing House for the Blind and the American Foundation for the Blind. These two well-known giants in the field of blindness and visual impairment have announced a new partnership where a number of services, once provided by AFB, will now be under the auspices of the Printing House. Dr. Craig Metter, president of APH, is our featured guest on page 2, and he explains this new partnership and how the world of APH and AFB is changing. Three interesting but very different articles appeared on ACB list this week, and we bring them to you on page 3. First, the New York Times carried a piece about audio description and how we can find information on available programs, DVDs, etc., The ACB Audio Description Project's website figures prominently in this article. Great publicity for ACB and our efforts in audio description. The second article is almost science fiction coming true. It's from China and describes the world's first drone that can carry a person and will supposedly be coming to market this next year. This could be very exciting, except that the weight limit for the person who can ride in the drone is just 136 pounds, not enough for all us Americans that love donuts and mac and cheese. The final article is a feature from the winter 2018 issue of Opportunity Magazine, published by the National Industries for the Blind, NIB, featuring ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges. Check out all these articles on page 3. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. I'm speaking with Craig Metter, who is the president of the American Printing House for the Blind. And we are speaking on February 9. Yesterday, on February 8, there was a major announcement from the American Printing House and the American Foundation for the Blind, announcing a new partnership between the two uh, agencies, organizations, I'll call them agencies, and um, I think it'll have a major impact on a lot of uh, things that affect blind and visually impaired people throughout the country, regardless of their age. So, uh, Craig, we are so pleased that you're with us on Sound Prince, and tell us about this new partnership. Well, first of all, happy to join you, Carla. It's always good to talk with you. Uh, we are uh, very excited um, this, these conversations have been going, as you can imagine. There's been quite a few behind-the-scenes conversations. Oh, I'm sure. But we were first approached by um, uh, AFB um, a, a while back ago and asking us if we would consider this opportunity. Uh, our agency, as well as AFB and several other agencies, have recently been undergoing a lot of strategic planning. 
and we've all realized that the world has changed quickly all around us and that um, not all of us were positioned to make the most of those changes. It became very obvious the way we have done, well, I'll speak to our agency, the way we've done business at APH is, you know, it was more or less, for lack of a better term, was a general store. And while that's a, uh, a very friendly way to do business, we were expecting people to come to us and say, hey, and ask questions about, hey, do you have this and can you do this for me and you can do that? Well, you know, that was a very store-centric model mm -hmm. and the world has changed, you know, with the advent of Walmart.com and <laughs> Amazon.com. Yes. You know, it, the customer is pretty much driving the transaction process. And mm -hmm. that was something we recognized a year ago at APH is that we were still driving the transaction process. And then we were kind of scratching our heads when customers and students and family members were a little frustrated with us. Um, so that was like an awakening for us is we had to change our ways. We had to be more customer focused. We had to be more consumer centric if we were really going to meet the need, needs of people uh, within our within our company. Mm -hmm. And you can apply that to services as well. Instead of telling people this is what you need, we needed to turn that around and listen more and find out what people needed and be responsive to those needs. So while we've always prided ourselves on doing that, we realized that we needed to do a better job of that. So it's a, it sounds like a small change, and it, it sounds like a simple change, but when you really look at it, it is a big change because it's a paradigm. It's a paradigm reset. And so when uh, AFB went through a similar strategic process uh, not too long ago, they came to a realization of that it was time for them to set aside some of the things that, that, have, uh, that they've been doing for quite a while so that they could focus on the more pressing issues. And they felt that, uh, you know, from their recent uh, strategic plan, a lot of their focus is going to go more towards uh, active government policy and looking at world of work issues and, and uh, trying to set standards for uh, accessibility on a national level. And they felt like that they could not, if they were going to do those things very well, then some things had to be set aside. And so the, the web family of websites and the press, which has been um, responsible for consistency in teacher training programs around the United States and even the world for that matter, were two of those items that they wanted to set aside. So when we, they asked us to consider it, we were very honored and uh, we're very excited about that opportunity. So here we are many months later and um, we were happy to be able to make that announcement yesterday. So for the person who has not seen the announcement, although it's been on uh, widely uh, forwarded throughout a lot of email lists, but we have a lot of listeners who either are not on email lists or that are not, you know, really the kind of people sure. that check their email every right. single day or five times Smart a day. Yeah. Tell us, tell <laughs> us what this all means. What what is going to be what's going to become APH now that sure. used to be AFB. Okay. So I and I the best way to frame that answer is to take everyone back who who uh, may not be fully familiar with um, 
the strategic plan that we, a year ago, we redid our strategic plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, we announced that and released that. And what we noticed in our strategic plan is that our charter was very clear. The original charter from going way back, go back to 1879, mm-hmm. uh, when we were chartered to receive federal money, it basically said provide products and services to people who are blind. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened over the years, at some point, our focus basically became K-12 through education. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's a far cry from when you think of the whole uh, population of people who have blindness or visual impairment. That's just a small, small percentage, basically one-fourth of, of the, the population that's out there. So last year we made a very conscious decision is that we needed to do a better job of reaching out to the adult community uh, we also wanted to do a better job of reaching out to families uh, of young children who are just learning about blindness and, and going through that discovery phase of what it means to have a child who has a visual impairment and, and uh, the changes that the, and the training and those types of things that a family might need to feel uh, some level of uh, control or some level of uh, confidence. And so Mm -hmm. those were two ends of the spectrum we really had not addressed. So our big question a year ago was, we know we're going to do this. We're committed to this. We're going to put financial resources to this. What does that mean? And that was the big question. Well, what does that mean? And um, when this opportunity came forward, um, of course, AFB has had this family of websites they had Vision Aware, which was a program that was uh, aimed at helping adults who are losing their sight to continue to live full, independent lives, uh, by both through by providing information, step-by-step daily living techniques, supportive, uh, supportive online community. Um, there was Family Connect, which is a fantastic website, which is an online program that basically is geared towards parents of children who are visually impaired. And it, it also served as a resource to help parents connect with each other, support each other. You know, it was a, it's a website uh, uh, basically by parents, for parents. Uh, there's Career Connect. That's a program that provides employment information and career uh, tools for career exploration, uh, job-seeking guidance, uh, and then the other uh, website we picked up was BrailleBug, which was kind of like an on- it was an online program that teaches children, both sighted and non-sighted, about Braille um, using games and activities, and it also provides a lot of resources to teachers and parents. So immediately, uh, it was you know this in a lot of ways I think of it as kind of a. a uh, a gift from heaven because it's a year ago we we're saying we know we need to reach out to all these <laughs> groups we know we need to have an impact on all these groups mm-hmm. and the question was how are we going to do that and we didn't want to duplicate somebody else's work right. we didn't want to uh, compete in the same space as somebody else so that made that job even harder because it is we knew we had to do uh, we were going to have to reinvent ourselves so when this opportunity came forward, it was like, oh my gosh, um, it was just uh, a, a perfect, uh, you know, it's this alignment of moons and stars and suns, <laughs> and here it is. And uh, to give you some idea um, what this means for our agency is our reach. If you just look at our uh, 
and, and granted, not everyone's on social media, but when it's a good way to measure it. When we yeah. look at our social media reach as an agency, APH, we roughly have about 6,500 people that are connected to APH either through Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, or some other, uh, some other means. Mm -hmm. The addition of these four websites now extends our reach from roughly 7,000 to 40,000 plus individuals. Oh my goodness. I, and that's amazing. It is amazing because when we, we met, we actually did some talking with, uh, uh, you, you know, you can hire, it's amazing. You can find people who will help you do everything you want to do in life. So if you could actually go to a uh, online people who do, who, who do online resources, and they would come back to you if you said, hey, we want to grow our, our social media outreach, and we want to go from 7,000 people to 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. They can do that for a price, but yes. basically <laughs> uh, it's very costly, Absolutely, and it takes a lot of time. Yep. So when we first set that goal, we had a five-year goal. We had no idea how much this was going to cost. And, but we were going to develop strategies, but we knew it was going to take us five years to have that type of reach. So mm -hmm. to have this wonderful gift from, from AFB saying, would you now shepherd these websites? We have great content. We have great providers of content. We have a lot of people who, have, uh, who are the thought leaders who are putting content into these websites. Would you now shepherd those? Mm -hmm. um, that took care of a, it got us there in a year as opposed to five years, mm -hmm. uh, which is exciting. And, uh, and that's the other piece about this too. It's not like we are taking this website and suddenly, you know, it's just APH information coming through each of these websites. These websites are le uh, living and breathing. And like I said, they have a lot of content providers who write for these websites. None of that, our hope is that they will all stay on with the websites. Our hope is that those people will be every bit as involved uh, with these websites when they were under the auspices of uh, AFB, and they will continue to do that under the auspices of APH because uh, I think that's why they're such good websites is because you have um, a view from all across the country and even um, other parts of of the country and sometimes other parts of the world that are that are bringing content and information about things that are timely in their corner of the United States or wherever they may be and and uh, that's what has made them such uh, strong websites so we're hoping that that continues as well we don't foresee that changing well and I think that when you talk about the this this service or informational side to people um, that are kind of out there doing the the everyday day to day kind right. of things, um, you know that that goes along with uh, it. It's it, you don't have to jump too far to get into the things like the educational materials and things that APH is already so good at, and also producing you know books and and all those kinds of things, educational materials and technology. Over on the AFB side, AFB many, many, many years ago, you know, did some very cool things, and but it's been a long time since they were selling stuff, you know, mm -hmm. things like kitchen aids and and games. And, um, I mean, when I was a child, all if you wanted a Braille bingo board, AP, AFB was where you went to get it. 
Hmm. Um, if you wanted a uh, a Braille chess game, or um, they didn't even have the Monopoly game developed yet, but a checkerboard or anything like an accessible, what today we would say is an accessible game, the American Foundation for the Blind was where you got those things. And that was the about the, the only place you could get them um, back, you know, uh, 50 years ago. You just, you just even, um, let's see, I guess it would be 50, maybe even 50 to 60 years ago, that was, that was the place that had it. You didn't have companies yet like maxi-aids or um, right, independent right. living aids or whatever that were selling those things. And when AFB started getting out of that game, when they started, when they decided we're not going to sell rulers and, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, double-sided spatulas and um, checkerboards. Then other people, other other companies, kind of moved in there. They said, "Oh, here's an opportunity." Now, what I hear you saying is that they're informational things that um, reach out to uh, whether it be. Um, teachers or parents or people looking for a job or somebody looking for information for you know for their um, mother or grandmother who's losing their vision all of those kinds of things are they're basically coming now to APH and and that will leave AFB doing what they really have done pretty well over the years and that is increasing their role in the policy side of things. So is that, that, am I reading that right? You are reading that very right. And, you know, it was interesting because uh, uh, I know Kirk has heard some of this, um, and I've heard some of this too, is, you know, people are saying, well, you know, why is AFB giving up this this role? Why are they doing other things? And, you know, um, it was... uh, uh, um, brought to my attention, and I, you know, I had read this before, and I'd forgotten about it. But if you go back to the book, The Unseen Minority, uh, there's a, a chapter when it, when it, you know, it talks about the history of, of of blindness and education, and just the movements that happened in the United States. So back in the 20s, Robert Irwin, uh, who at that time, of course, was in charge at AFB, and at that time, uh, AFB, one of their main things that they did was produce talking records right and, and that was, so did that, APH right and right. uh but Irwin was like oh my gosh I mean he basically came to this realization is like you know uh, we could keep doing records mm-hmm. but we have a bigger mission mm-hmm. AFB said we had a bigger mission and our mission had to be about national policy and it had to be about being active politically active to get laws changed and so he, leading that agency, made a very conscious decision. He basically said, APH can handle this. We need to get out of the record business. And he handed off all of that to APH at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's, uh, that's, it's like deja vu, like Yogi Berra said, deja vu all over again. <laughs> yeah. um, here's another example. But I think this is what companies, you, you know, um, I think what companies and agencies especially now need to do is, is create this sense of 
whether it's broadening your mission or whether it's narrowing your mission, it's responding differently to a changing society. Mm-hmm. And I think that AFB has uh, consciously done that through their strategic plan. As they said, they basically said, uh, well, you know, I can throw out a number of things right now. You can throw out Cogswell-Macy mm-hmm. uh, Act. You could throw out the Marrakesh Treaty, which is yet to be ratified in the right. United States. And By the way, you, did you hear, could go on. Did you hear on, that Russia Russia has ratified it? I, yeah, yeah, I don't know why we've got to be last. I know. They're and, country and, number 34, and uh, surely if they can do it, we can do it, you know. <laughs> I, I totally agree. But, yeah. you know, this is, this is, these are some of those things. And, you know, the, uh, we, we need better funding for adults who have, uh, uh, you, you know, who, who need, uh, it, it's amazing that funding mechanisms for adults are just they need to be reworked. It's mm-hmm. uh, the voc rehab system needs to be reworked. <laughs> well, and I think what AFB recognized uh, very wisely is like we are that we are that mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. A- AFB is that mouthpiece and has been for generations to to fight those political battles, to be out there trying to get policy changed. Mm-hmm. And so, um, well, AFB. AFB has historically worked with both the NFB and ACB to um, on policy issues. AFB can do can do it very well, but they are not in a position to go it alone, and because they don't, they're not the consumers, and so you know they need the consumers because otherwise, you know it. To be quite honest, it just becomes the ivory tower speaking for us. So, yes. Yes. yeah, and and that that won't work. But I think that AFB that they've done they have done well at at working, you know, with people, and they've done some great, some really good things. Um, for example, when uh, when the low vision. Uh, when the Medicare Low Vision Act uh, first was introduced, AFB was in a position to be able to host a, um, a a quite extensive conference call, and it was open to anybody who wanted to participate in the country. And they had an amazing number of people on on that call, and they they worked with us with with the organizations to to get that word out and to get people participating. And and they really did a good job. Now you know we're st- we're all still working on that act, but it but it it will make much more focused um, that that uh, effort much more focused in areas where it needs to be um, up there in in Washington. You know, trying to get things done, and 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 it, and the world is different today, as you said. Yes. When when they start first started doing policy kinds of things, uh, the blindness system, the blindness was out there, you know, basically leading the way, um, and in some cases, the only um, voice of disabilities at that time, talking about all these issues. But today, there's all of these other um, disability-type, you know, lobby-type things, policy-making things, and it's just like anything else, Craig. Blindness is a low incidence disability, and we can get lost in the crowd if there, yeah. if we fragment that effort too much. 
Yes. And and so yes. that's why I think this is really a good thing. Um, I, th- I think this will be a very, it'll help to focus this more. And I should think that it would help um, APH, too, when, you know, when Gary Mudd goes up to D.C. and he's talking to people, he's got a real focused kind of thing to talk about. And, yes. and And that's really good because that sets APH apart, and, and their need is unique. So um, I, I think it's, to, to me, just, you know, kind of on the outside looking in here, um, I, I think that it, it will really help in both areas. I, I, I agree with you, and, and that's why we uh, agreed to consider this, this partnership mm-hmm. and taking on these, what I, I just keep calling them treasures because yes. I really see them as treasures. Oh, as, yeah. as, uh, I think it will definitely help us be more effective with our customer uh, service and, and mm-hmm. probably perhaps a better term is customer experience because, you know, services – Experience is, is something that w- we mm-hmm. want to last a lifetime, and, mm-hmm. and many of the people who have used APH have used them for a lifetime. So our focus is, is on building that relationship. So I right. think that these websites, uh, the university press that we're receiving from AFB mm-hmm. allows us to do that, and it allows us to, to um, fulfill our original mandate that was in the original charter of 1879 and that was reaching all i mean it wasn't just k through 12 education well Um, when it comes to that family connect website mm -hmm. i mean aph is producing you know just go through the k through 12 thing or the preschool through 12 because aph has some preschool kinds of things and and so when you when you look at it afb is is really not directly serving those those um, age groups, right? But APH right. is through the materials and the the stuff that it creates. Whether that stuff be, you know, a ball with a bell in it, or a book, or a kindergarten curriculum, mm-hmm. or you know, a, a piece of technology, whatever. APH is kind of on the ground. Uh, in that area, actually producing things that people need. So it would seem to me that it would be a far better fit to have the Family Connect site there as a logical extension of that effort, which ha- which APH has been doing for years and years and years, um, sort of bringing it all together. Absolutely. You know, you get over to Career Connect, and again, APH is producing the materials a lot of the items, whether it be books for a career class or it be um, materials that people, you know, that some that people need for, you know, whatever. Um, and and I'd, again, it it's APH maybe hasn't been in that area quite as much, but in the area of technology, um, I mean, it it's that is it, that fits. It's right on target. And so, and, and in Career Connect, it's okay, how do you use, oftentimes in that site, how do you use certain technologies in your job? Well, that just matches right up. And I, and I totally agree with you. I, I think that's a good way to put it, is, is it kind of puts it all in one spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll also provide, uh, um, so that should be an easier to access resource for, for everyone. So. 
we're, we're excited about that. We have a lot of work ahead of us with these websites. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as you as you can imagine, the um, uh, well, first of all, I, uh, we're going through a complete website overhaul and redesign, uh, which we're excited about. That will probably be unveiled later this year. Mm -hmm. um, these websites, uh, of course, were designed for another structure, and so we've got to try to make these two things <laughs> fit. And so uh, when people oh. go to these websites, they probably won't see a lot of change to them right off the bat because it's going to take us some time. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so nothing is going to drastically change overnight. The websites mm -hmm. will still exist, and the, you know you'll still go out to these websites, and and for a while there, there'll be links on both our site as well as uh, AF. For the time being, they're still on the AFB site. Eventually, uh -huh. they will migrate to both sites, and they eventually. Uh, be on our site or be a, uh, a standalone site, but mm -hmm. uh, we're working out all those details. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's uh, yeah. The the announcement was the easy part. Now the hard work begins, yeah. and yeah. Uh, we're excited about that. And uh, we're we're a little anxious. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, talking with our staff here, who will be handling a lot of this transition, <laughs> we we're we're doing a lot of. Uh, uh, there's some a little bit of fear, which I think is a good thing, and yes. a little anxiousness, which I think also is a good thing because, you know, we we want to do this right. We wanna we want to be good stewards of these things, these gifts that have been given us, and we want to make sure that we continue to uh, move these things forward. Have one yeah. more question yeah. for you. You bet. Um, the AFB Press is coming to APH, but it is. JVIB is not. JVIB will not. Yeah. yeah. Is there some, you know, it would seem like the two would go hand in hand. Yeah. Here's the one reason is technically, so JVIB, uh, their goal, of course, they are a, uh, a research-based journal, and so uh, they have a, a strong uh, and they they at AFB have a team that that basically heads up research-based initiatives, and oh. yeah, they're very quite involved in deep-level research there at AFB. Many years ago, it was deemed by the the Department of Ed is that we should not be engaged at APH. We should not be engaged in that level of research. So the research mm -hmm. that's happening at uh, uh, JVIB is kind of outside our wheelhouse. Uh, oh. That was that is not part of our directive. We were we can at, from time to time we have gone into that area with the ABC Braille study, and currently we are funding a study on the difference, uh, not so much the difference between UEB and Nemeth, but basically answering the question: Are both of them is one better than the other, or are both of them, you know, good uh, good things? Mm -hmm. uh, what we had to do to do both those research products is we had to be granted special permission, which is a process uh, that we have to go through. Mm -hmm. So since AFB is already set up to do research, they don't have to jump through all the hoops that we have to. Mm -hmm. uh, they're able to enlist uh, the professionals in the field to help them conduct research, or they're able to fund research much right quickly, more quickly and easier than we are, um, because we have a whole bunch of bureaucracy we have to jump through. It just made sense that we would stay out of that arm of it. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and I kind of... Um, I like that. I, I think for a couple, one selfishly, that's that's one less thing I have to think about right, uh, right now. Right. And, um, but number two, I... I I don't think that there should ever be a time where one agency is responsible for everything. I think that's uh, mm -hmm. that tends to 
be not a good thing for our field. I think mm-hmm. that the, there's uh, this has to be a shared, yeah, um, a, a shared ownership of of. That's the thing I love about the websites is it's a shared ownership of of websites. Yes, mm-hmm. we will be will be paying the freight to keep those things up and operating, but these things will only be effective as long as the community stays involved with the websites. The mm-hmm. day they that we lose outside contributors and the day that we lose input from the community, these websites, you might as well shut them down. So mm-hmm. um, it's so I, I think we're in the best possible world right now with, with the, uh, the gifts that have been given us, and we want to make sure we do a good job with all those things. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing more and more of what what's going to be coming out of this as this process continues and we certainly do appreciate you taking the time to talk with us and explain what is happening here and through this new partnership and giving us some insight into into all of these changes that are going to affect probably most people um, in the United States and oftentimes around the world, because APH does reach well beyond just the borders of the United States. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carla. Page 3. The following article was posted by Kelly Gask on the ACB Leadership List on February 8. It's from the New York Times, and it's entitled, Finding Videos with Audio Description. Question. I am blind, and I do not subscribe to any streaming video services at the moment. How would you suggest I determine, quickly, whether a good percentage of the original content and current popular third-party content on Netflix and Amazon Prime, for starters, is audio-described and or dubbed? Answer. A good place to start is the Audio Description Project page on the website of the American Council of the Blind. The page, optimized for screen reader software, has a running list of streaming services that offer videos with audio descriptions, added narration about scenes, characters, costumes, and more for people who cannot see what is happening. The list, which is updated regularly, is available at www.acb.org slash adp slash streaming dot html. According to the Council, Netflix has more than 500 audio-described TV series, documentaries, original programming, and children's shows in the USA including most of the company's original productions like House of Cards. Although you must be a member to get access to Netflix's full list of current videos with audio descriptions, the Council has compiled its own alphabetized list of audio-described Netflix content at www.acb.org slash adp slash Netflix ad N-E-T-F-L-I-X-A-D dot H-T-M-L. The American Council of the Blind site lists streaming video services, Blu-ray discs, DVD movies, and other content with added audio descriptions. 
Amazon Prime Video has about 350 movies and TV shows with audio descriptions, including The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and a number of popular theatrical films. The Council's own tally of Amazon Prime shows is at acb.org slash adp slash amazon ad a-m-a-z-o-n-a-d dot html. The audio description project page notes several other streaming services and broadcast shows that are accessible, including Apple's iTunes Store for purchased and rented video. The Watch ACB app for mobile devices and some set-top boxes has audio-described content. Some other video services have been slow to add audio descriptions, but as technology enables more accessibility with television, expect to hear of more available content. For the curious, sample clips with audio description can be found on YouTube. This article was posted by Terry Lynn Pomeroy on February 9 on the ACB-L email list. It's entitled, Chinese Company Shows Off Passenger Drone. It's from Business News. A passenger rides a drone developed by Ehang Incorporated. It's spelled E-H-A-N-G. This was published on February 7, 2018. From China. A Chinese tech company is touting what it calls the first passenger drone, which made its maiden public flight this week. The company behind the flight, Ehang Incorporated, says passengers just have to get into the small cabin and fasten their seatbelts, and the automated flight system takes over. Ehang CEO Derek Zhang, X-I-O-N-G, said no other flying vehicles are capable of fully autonomous flying. The company said the electrically powered drone can carry a single passenger weighing up to 136 pounds on a 23-minute flight at up to 62 miles per hour. The company says the drone has been tested over a thousand times and is designed to withstand winds of at least 30 miles per hour. The company is eyeing the broader market for the drone. The drone can kind of help people to avoid traffic on the ground, but also in other applications. We can also think about emergency rescue, or we can transport patients to the hospital, or we can do a tourism, you know, Fly from one island to the other, Zhang said. Ehang said the final commercial product could possibly fly into the market within the year. Last year, Dubai announced a plan to cooperate with Ehang to develop self-flying taxis to carry people across the city. And finally, Eric Bridges, Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind, has been featured in Opportunity Magazine, a publication of the National Industries for the Blind. Here's the article. Profile. 
everyday advocate. A passion for improving daily life for people who are blind drives ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges by Ritza Hendricks. Eric Bridges, Executive Director of the American Council of the Blind, ACB, was a journalism major at the University of Iowa when he caught the public policy bug. After completing a summer internship with Senator Harkin, Democrat of Iowa, who brought him along to many events related to the 10th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act, Bridges was convinced his future lay in public policy. After graduation, he landed a position managing public policy issues at National Industries for the Blind, NIB. Recognizing his leadership potential, NIB nominated Bridges for the Brookings Institution's Legis Congressional Fellowship. As part of the program, Bridges worked for Congressman John Klein, Republican of Minnesota, who later hired him as a legislative assistant. In Klein's office, Bridges focused on immigration policy, gun control, homeland security, telecommunications, and accessibility issues, including a refusal by Minneapolis cab drivers to allow service animals in their vehicles. When Bridges came to ACB in 2007 as Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs, the issues were similar to those he worked on in Klein's office, but focused on people who are blind, deafblind, or visually impaired. Quote, the ability to go begin work on issues that pertained to blind people is something that intrigued me, Bridges explained in a 2015 interview on ACB's Speaking Out for the Blind. A valued partner, Eric Bridges, spoke at the 2017 NIB-NAEPB National Symposium. To be able to have the autonomy to take on lots of different policy issues was something I thought I would enjoy, and I have, he said. For Bridges, the common thread in those issues has always been accessibility and increasing independence, opportunity, and quality of life for people who are blind. Working at ACB, Bridges was a key contributor to passage and implementation of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act of 2010, which provides groundbreaking protections to make broadband, digital, and mobile innovations accessible to people with disabilities. Beneficiaries of Bridges Advocacy often extend beyond people who are blind. He played a key role in implementation of the accessibility provisions in the Food and Drug Administration Safety and Innovation Act of 2012, securing a seat for ACB on the U.S. Access Board's Stakeholder Working Group on making prescription drug labels accessible to people who are blind, visually impaired, or elderly. And he was a strong advocate for the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act, 
which requires electric and hybrid light vehicles to make an audible noise when traveling at low speeds, making the streets safer for everyone. Named executive director in 2015, Bridges now leads efforts to grow ACB and services to its affiliates and members while maintaining the organization's financial health and stability. A strategic action plan released in 2017 focuses on areas such as advocacy, policy and legislation, development, and marketing and communications. The plan's ambitious goals include increasing awareness of and helping to shape attitudes towards major issues for individuals who are blind within the sighted community. To help achieve those goals, ACB continues the collaboration with private industry that have become a hallmark of the organization's culture, such as partnerships with corporations like Microsoft, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Google that have improved accessibility and customer experiences for people who are blind. From championing legislation to collaborating with federal agencies and commissions to partnering with private industry, Eric Bridges and ACB are working to make everyday life better for people who are blind and everyone. Page 4. The Sound Prince Calendar. February 13, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its monthly meeting in Owensboro from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time. The presentation will be by Elizabeth Downing and Tina Wright about Time Savers, which provides quality care for older adults and those recuperating from injury, surgery, or illness. They'll also take ceramics orders, collect membership dues, and have a brief PR committee meeting. At the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. On February 14, the KCB PR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by conference line at 605-475-6006, intercode 294444. February 15, Savvy will hold a workshop on the Digital Book Reader and NFB Newsline from 10 a.m. to noon Central Time. Join them as they examine strategies to efficiently read NLS books and for using NFB Newsline at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. On February 16, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Roundabout will include iPhone tips and genealogy from 3.30 until 4.30, tip time from 4.30 until 5.30, dinner at 5.30, per person, followed by a Tupperware party and fundraiser for GLCB, with Tina Kirk will be the consultant. This will begin around 6 o'clock to 6.30 and will end by 8.30. It will be followed by games and crafts until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598 for more information. 
February 18 is the KSB Alumni Board Meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call. And on February 19 is the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board Meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call, both on the line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On February 22, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have another support group meeting from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. The phone number for more information is 502-895-4598. On February 23 will be another roundabout. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5. Discussion, 5 to 6. No. On February 23 is another roundabout with the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. Education and Technology, 3.30 to 5. Tip Sheet, 5 to 5.30, Page Turners, 5.30 to 6, Dinner, $5 per person at 6 p.m., Games and Crafts from 7 until 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, call 502-895-4598. February 24 to 27 is the ACB Mid-Year Meeting and Legislative Seminar in Alexandria, Virginia. It will also be broadcast on ACB Radio. Listen on February 25 to the ACB President's Meeting from 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and on February 26 to the Legislative Seminar and Training also from 9 until 5 on ACB Radio. You can contact ACB Radio by dialing 605-475-8130 and following the prompts to the channel that you wish to listen to. On February 24, Landscapes for Your Fingertips, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the American Printing House for the Blind. Use textures and shapes and layers to add depth and movement when creating tactile artwork of New and Remembered Landscapes, taught by guest artist Jennifer Palmer, American Printing House for the Blind, call 502-899-2213 to register. On February 26, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana will have their next membership call, 7 p.m. by conference call, 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On February 28, the Bluegrass Council Peer Support Group meeting will be held from noon until 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. Call 859-259-1834 for more information. March 1, the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly conference call at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, on the conference line at 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. There will be a presentation this month by Lion Mary Lee Turner from Oregon concerning the Oral Hall Foundation. On March 2, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its first roundabout of the month from 3.30 until 10 at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. At 3.30, there will be individual help with iPhones, the Orbit Reader 20, and genealogy. At 5 o'clock, there will be a special presentation by a personal trainer who will be discussing 
easy tips for a healthier life, and simple exercises that you can do at home. His wife will also be attending, and she is a specialist in alternative health. At 6 p.m. will be dinner, $5 per person, and from 7 until 10 will be games, cards, and crafts. For more information and to sign up to attend, call 502-895-4598. On March 4, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings on the conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. Advocacy will meet at 7 p.m. and Education, Activities, and Technology will meet at 8 On March 6, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its monthly telephone support conference call meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Individuals statewide experiencing low vision are encouraged to ask questions, share tips, and offer comments. The conference number is 605-475-6006 and the access code is 294444. On March 8, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its quarterly meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at its office in Lexington. There will be a 50-50 raffle, door prizes, and we'll play trivia. The address is 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information into RSVP, call 859-259-1834. On March 8, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its first in-person support group meeting of the month. It will be from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. This is a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or those who have had vision loss for several years. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On March 8, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its monthly meeting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. The conference number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. For more information about NKCB, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On March 9, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have a roundabout, iPhone tips, Orbit Reader 20, and genealogy from 3.30 until 5, discussion time and tip sheet at 5 o'clock, dinner at 6, $5 per person, and bingo, $2 per person, as well as cards and crafts from 7 until 10. All this will happen at the United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 for more information. On March 16 and 17, the American Printing House for the Blind will present its Braille Readers Theater. The play is The Doctor in Spite of Himself, a classic work by the 17th century French playwright Moliere. This fast and funny farce is filled with witty comebacks, wordy misunderstandings, pranks, puns, and mischief. All at the American Printing House for the Blind, for more information, call the museum at 502-899-2213. The time on Friday, March 16, is 7 to 9 p.m. 
and on Saturday, March 17, the time is 1 to 3 p.m. The play is free, but registration is limited, so be sure to call in advance to sign up. On Friday, April 6, and Saturday, April 7, is Crossroads, Let Your Journey Begin, a special conference sponsored by the Kentucky Council of the Blind. More information will be posted very soon. And June 29 to July 6 is the 57th Annual Convention of the American Council of the Blind in St. Louis, Missouri. More information coming soon. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.